The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast here at the Fountains of the Bellagio, Sydney Sports HQ. Lovely fountains at work all week. We are here for the final show of the week from Super Bowl 58, 49ers versus the Chiefs. That's Will Brinson. That's John Breach, who uh, someone just said <laughs> that is one ugly jacket as they walk by. No argument here. I'm Ryan Wilson. And today, boys, we're doing the Pick 60s. I like that little fancy name. We're going to go through some picks, things we liked over the course of the season, our winners and losers, if you will. NFL Honors is tonight, but we're going to do our NFL Awards version of this. But we're going to include the playoffs, which is something that, Breach, Brinson, you know, that is not how the honors work. And uh, let's get this thing started here. So, first up, Offensive Player of the Year. Brinson, you have the floor, sir. This is easy. Um, you know, uh, our esteemed editor, R.J. White, put together a uh, handicapper draft before the season. You got to make, you had to pick like win totals, award markets, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the first things I picked was Christian McCaffrey to win Offensive Player of the Year. He's 11 to 1. We said in the preseason podcast, Christian McCaffrey, 11 to 1. Hammer, lock, smash, button, easy bet. And you know what? I'm not right about everything, Breach. I'm not right about a lot of things. I was right about that. Brinson, you are right about 5% of the time. I disagree with you 98% of the time. <laughs> but for this one, I absolutely agree with you. This feels like the easy pick. I don't want to shoot down in case somebody else has another vote. Uh, but look. This is the NFL's leading rusher in 2023. He's been such a weapon for the 49ers. If you take him out of this offense, are they in the Super Bowl? I'm guessing no. So, Christian McCaffrey, as Brinson said. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a great point. He, he wins it even without the playoffs. They don't beat the Packers or the Lions without McCaffrey. Yes. 
The same can be said about Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs in the playoffs. Oh, wait, they did not beat the Chiefs Miami Dolphins. <laughs> but Tyreek Hill is my guy. Wow. He would have been my guy pre or post playoff performance because he is so important to what they do. A little fun fact for you here, boys. Uh, he led the NFL in terms of targets for his team. He was targeted 37% of the time. That was the highest rate in the NFL. 13 receiving touchdowns, first in the NFL. 1,799 yards, first in the NFL. And Breach, he led the NFL in explosive plays with 46. Ooh. It's hard to argue that Tyreek Hill, over the regular season, was not the Here's, MVP. I've got a number for And then what did he do in the playoffs? Yeah. I forgot. Hey, he, Breach, he scored Breach. the only touchdown they had, and he had 64 Breach, receiving yards. what does yards. the number 62 mean to you? When I say 62, do you think about the number of receiving yards that Tyreek Hill had against the Chiefs both times he played them in losses? Wilson, what say you? Oh, he asked you, but I, yes, that's exactly what I think. <laughs> but about. I didn't pick Tyreek Hill that's as my <laughs> offensive player of the year. Yeah. Okay, so we have to come to, to some conclusion here. I, I guess if we're just doing uh, the, 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 uh, the Democratic vote, you guys win two to one. Yeah, McCaffrey's the pick, dude. But do I get more weight or no? No. Okay. Because you're the host? If anybody gets I, I was going to say, I but, think it would be me. <laughs> I was going to say because I'm the best-looking person on the set, but we can go. Which, all right. So Brinson wins uh, in terms of the the weight category there. All right, Chris McCaffrey, congratulations! You are the the inaugural winner of the Pick Sixties for Offensive Player of the Year, and uh, quickly. Pick didn't change for, for uh, Brunson for the regular season. And, and Breach, you were okay regular season-wise with McCaffrey as well? I think he's going to win the award. NFL Honors is going to give him the award. I think he's going to be the winner. Uh, Postseason only embellished his resume. It didn't uh, enhance, embellish, whatever you want to say. It didn't It didn't factor in there. For and to Wilson's point, I thought Tyreek Hill, Christian McCaffrey, oh. neck and neck okay. at the end of the regular season. But then McCaffrey blows it away if you had the postseason, which is what yeah. we're doing here on the Pick 60s. If Tyreek Hill had been on the 49ers, you guys would be voting for Tyreek Hill right now. All right, next up. Defensive player of the year. Because offense is what everyone talks about, but defense is where you make your money. I just made that up. Breach, feel free to use it. Uh, Brenton, let's go. What do you got? Defensive player of the year. I think I went, um, man, I mean, you could go. Uh, I went Miles Garrett. I don't think that I'm. You seem pretty <laughs> pumped about it. You're really selling us on it, Brenton. <laughs> this is one where I'm like, you know what? I, I think Miles Garrett sort of wins by default. I mean, a great. The oh. Browns were the Browns made the playoffs because of their defense. They got there because of their defense. Now they did defense. Defense didn't show up on the road this year. The defense sure as hell didn't show up in Houston against the Texans. But they got there because of their defense. Miles Garrett is the focal point of that defense. It sounds like the Tyree Kill argument, but in reverse. It does. It doesn't <laughs> sound very good coming out of my mouth. I'll be honest. All right, uh, rebut or give us your pick. Reed. You know what? I stayed in the same division as Brenton, but I did not take Miles Garrett. I took. TJ Watt. And you know what, Wilson, since you are the resident Steelers homer on this podcast, and I'm pretty sure you have the same vote as me, I will let you make Watt's case, but I will say, when he is not on the field, whenever he's missed games, that defense just looks like they've never played football. You put TJ Watt out there, he is a game wrecker, and he wrecked plenty of games this year. 19 sacks led the NFL, 38 hits on the quarterback led the NFL, and uh, to follow up on the Tyreek Hill slash Christian McCaffrey importance in the postseason, he didn't play in the wildcard Loss to the Bills because of the knee injury. They probably win that game if he's there. <laughs> <laughs> they don't win that game. Uh, and by the if way, if they do, then he's my MVP without question. Right. Yeah. I will. I'll, I'll ask you guys a question here. What is the Steelers' record without TJ Watt? Oh, and seventeen. <laughs> Not far off. Six what, and eleven. What What would the Steelers' record be Let if Kenny Pickett was their edge rusher and TJ Watt was quarterback? <laughs> oh, they would be undefeated. Seventeen. And <laughs> they are one and eleven. When Ken, when Kenny Pickett plays, no, no, yes, but when T.J. Watt does I, not play, I am I am perfectly fine with T.J. Watt winning the award. The numbers 
like if I mean we see the splits whenever he gets hurt and the numbers are staggering like just how bad the Steelers are when TJ Watt is not on the field I think some of that is a little correlation causation but I'm, I'm fine with Watt but the one thing is if you miss like three games they go in three it's a small sample size you don't know it's but like, there's 12 it's games a full season yes and one in 11 is staggering it says a lot so and, I do and, and I do think too that that playoff game in Buffalo if we don't have an insane weather event the Bills probably hang like 40 on them and one thing I will say is that one reason, and this includes Miles Garrett, that the Steelers and Browns are so successful really against the Bengals, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, is because of their ability to rush the passer. So I thought both our votes were good here. Yeah. I, the most shocking thing, Brinson, is that uh, Breach didn't have a Bengals player on the list so far. <laughs> Trey Hendrickson. There you go. All right. Let's keep this thing rolling, guys. Next up. Offensive Rookie of the Year. This feels like a layup, but uh, let's see if it is. Brenton, who is your Offensive Rookie of the Year? Kenny Pickett. <laughs> All right, breach. Uh, CJ Stroud. I, look, it's a runaway. It should be a runaway. It. It's unfortunate. I mean, I guess it's unfortunate for a guy like Puka Nakua to have the season that he had for the Rams. I mean, just a dynamic, incredible rookie season. A testament to Les Snead and, uh, and and Sean McVay and the job that they did, uh, evaluating talent, drafting talent, and then of course coaching. But. C.J. Stroud has to win it with that performance at quarterback. One of the all-time performances by a rookie quarterback in their first season. You take a team that had this, the worst record in the AFC last season. You put a rookie quarterback back there. You don't expect them to make the playoffs the next season. And that is exactly what happened here. I agree with Brinson. I, I would love to make an argument for Puka Nukua because it's just so phenomenal. And probably almost any other year, he wins offensive rookie there. But not the year we get stuck going up against C.J. Stroud, who took the hapless Texans to the playoffs. So I agree with Brinson. Uh, in terms of EPA, expected points per attempt per dropback, he's ahead of names like Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, behind Jordan Love, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, and Brock Purdy. I think that says it all. And again, I joked about it during the course of the fall when he was going off. Sometimes you get the quarterback you need, not the quarterback you want. So just something to keep in mind here uh, as we go through this draft process. David Tepper, uh, <laughs> offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> David, David Tepper should do what they made Jerry Jones do during the uh, Johnny Manziel draft. Tell him, put him in the the closet for 15 minutes, draft the player you want, and then have success with your with your organization there. <laughs> All right, that was pretty easy. There was no real controversy there. I think the Puka Nakua thing is, is obviously important. We need some softballs before we get to the tough yeah. stuff. All right. This is this is a good one here. Just talked about the Office of Rookie of the Year. We're going with Defensive Rookie of the Year. And there are a lot of candidates, and there are a lot of guys that came out of no, nowhere. And the other thing to keep in mind is that early on in the process, I don't think I'm spoiling this, Jalen Carter was the slam dunk <laughs> go-ahead winner based on what happened even starting in the preseason. But let's go. I, I do think that Jalen Carter, like, he, he came out of the gate so hot with some just big splash plays at the position. But I also think that he was sort of the slam dunk winner odds-wise basically by default for a large portion yeah. of the season. Yeah, Devin Witherspoon had a good start, but breached quickly before we get Brent's pick. And Devin Carter and the Eagle, excuse me, Jalen Carter and the Eagles. You just heard something that Lane Johnson said about the Eagles season unraveling, and maybe that had something to do with it as well. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. That, we'll, we'll oh, is that part the, of the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that later. Oh, that's part of the show. Wilson's trying to jump ahead. All right. You just skipped half the show, Wilson. I got. I'll have my revenge on you for that later. Let's just. <laughs> oh, and that's that made the revenge All segment. Right. All right, there we go. All right, Brenton, defensive rookie of the year. Where are you going? You know, I mean, I'm going Will Anderson because I already turned in my vote. Uh, I do think that the Devin Witherspoon deserves a lot of love, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, man, he is awesome. And in that Mike McDonald defense next year, Spoon, the guy they call Spoon, is going to have a big season, I think. I I'm going to go Will Anderson because 
you know, as good as C.J. Stroud was, the Texans made the playoffs in large part because Will Anderson came on like came on like gangbusters down the stretch, piled up a bunch of sacks, and looked like the elite defensive player that we thought he was going to the draft. Yeah, Will Anderson. It's it's crazy that the Texans were so successful because you had to you had to hit home runs with both these picks. Otherwise, people are just going to rip your front office forever. They and they, tra- they traded their a team that had not won more than four like four games in the last five years traded a future first round pick. And it worked out. That never happens. It didn't even draft a quarterback. Right. And it's funny you just mentioned trading first-round picks because the team I'm going to mention right now loves to trade first-round picks, Ryan Wilson. That is the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, My defensive rookie of the year is Kobe Turner. Kobe Turner. I feel like he really fell under the radar this year. This is someone, and it's probably because, as we mentioned, he did not get off to odd start. He led all rookies in sacks with nine. And I think eight of those came after November 1st. So you're talking about someone who was completely off the radar, tore it up to end of the season, tied the Rams' rookie record for sacks to Aaron Donald. You tie a record by Aaron Donald, you're automatically good. So I'm yep. giving mine to Kobe Turner. They crushed the draft, and they didn't have a first-round pick. Kobe Turner's Elijah Duzable, our colleague, was a big Kobe Turner guy. Uh, my colleague, uh, co-host on the with the First Pick podcast, Rick Spielman, was not, and Lee J takes every opportunity to bring that oh, up wow. to him. Great season for Kobe. But I'm with Brinson. I'm going with Will Anderson Jr. Boo. Ten tackles for loss this year, second among all rookies. 38 hurries, 21 hits. Both first. 59 pressures was also first among rookies. Uh, Will Anderson Jr., a big start to the season. As you guys noted, we're not even talking about the fact uh, that they traded up that to go back and get Will Anderson, yeah. the Houston Texans did. Do, do we think, um, who do you think wins in honors? I think it's Anderson, right? I, I don't know. I feel like it's Will be wearing Will Anderson. Yeah, I think so. Unless people were so stuck on Jalen Carter, they still vote for him. If I mean, CJ Stroud's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year when NFL honors happens, um, he obviously won the pick 60. If Will Anderson wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. I believe that'll be the third time that a team has had both the Offensive Rookie of the Year and the Defensive Rookie of the Year in the same season, and in the first time, back-to-back years after Gang Green did it last year. They, yeah, uh, the Houston Texans have turned the corner. All right, comeback player of the year. Uh, we don't have to dwell on this because it feels not unanimous, but it's close. Who do you have, Brenton? I have Joe Flacco. Okay. Uh, I don't have Joe Flacco. Breach, do you have Joe Flacco? So here is the funny part is that. Do you want me to give the take? I don't know if I feel like getting sent home early, but yeah, I'll we, we, we well, we'll just, let's just. This is including the playoffs. I had Joe Flacco and DeMar Hamlin in a tie. Flacco melted down in the postseason, and now he's off my list because he lost that game for the Houston. Or the. You lost to get the lost game for the Browns against He Houston was Texans. playing for the Houston Texans. Yes, yeah, so that's what, like. what you're saying. I, I, I think that the DeMar Hamlin story is fantastic. I have no problems with him winning the award. I think it the fact Five. that he came back from death is pretty is a pretty good comeback. Sorry to top coming back from death. That's Having the name of the award. That, in my opinion, I believe that the award, this particular award, they like give him a different award. Flacco came back from sitting on his mom's couch. They gave it to Philip Rivers for coming back from having a bad season. All right, so here's the thing. We got one Joe Flacco. I'll be the top. Actually, breaker. I'll change mine since you guys are gonna go Hamlin. I'll go Matthew Stafford. <laughs> All right, next up. So the pick six, he goes to Demar Ham. Okay, I mean let's let, let's not complicate this. Coach of the year, uh, I think we're gonna keep the Rams thing theme going here. We had to guess breach. Who is your coach of the year, Brinson? Um, can I change mine again on the fly? I should yeah. not put him up. Listen, this guy. don't don't change now. Do what you do. Our producers do not like Brinson because he doesn't follow any scripts. Sean McVay. No, when I say don't change, continue to do the things that you do, which right. is just throwing curveballs. Oh, don't change who I am. Yeah. Right, right, keep throwing yeah, curveballs. Change who I am. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm going to keep throwing curveballs. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with Sean McVay 
Give me the Rams. Kevin Stefanski deserves a ton of credit. They had a bunch of quarterbacks. I believe six different starting quarterbacks when you factor in that they had to sit Joe Flacco. They got to, they got to sit Joe Flacco in week 18. All the credit in the world for Kevin Stefanski. All the credit in the world for D'Amico Ryans. Winning that division with those two rookies being your key players. Incredible season for the Houston Texans. But I think that the Los Angeles Rams deserve more credit and I'm here to give it to them. Sean McVay is my pick for uh, coach of the year. Well, this is crazy because usually I'm the Sean McVay homer who just pumps up Sean McVay whenever I can. And now Brinson's doing it over here. And I'm not voting for Sean McVay. Of course, this is one where I really took the playoffs into consideration. And you guys apparently say all the time that this guy looks like me and I could not vote against handsomeness. So I went with Packers coach Matt LaFleur, uh, who got that team to the playoffs, won a playoff game, and probably should have beat the 49ers to beat Green Bay, Kansas City, in the Super Bowl right now. Uh, so for getting them to the divisional round, I think they overachieved this year. I like Matt LaFleur. Should have won. You didn't. Interesting. You didn't qualify with the fact they should have won the playoff game because the kicker honked the kick. Uh, that's also troubling. But I am also going Matt LaFleur, John Bruce's doppelganger. Uh, wins over the Lions and Chiefs in back-to-back primetime games. They had the three-game uh, three winning streak in the course of the season and the way they played in the playoffs. They got the seventh seed. We didn't say maybe until the last weeks of the regular season that this team is not a team you want to face in the playoffs. It was typically the Browns or or, or the Rams was, was Brinson's uh, go-to, and I, I get that. But I'm with you. I thought Matt LaFleur did more with young talent. They lost Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love outplayed Aaron Rodgers over the second half of the season based on what Aaron Rodgers did in 2022. Huge job. For, and they smoked the Cowboys. And they, oh, boy. Mike McCarthy kept his job. Emmett Smith was not happy about that today. If anyone was at Radio Row, he was fired up about that. All right. This so, one. Matt LaFleur, I, I, I kind of like the Matt LaFleur pick if we're doing it in the pick 60 style, which is to include the playoffs. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, we were talking, Kevin, uh, Kevin Gutekunst, Brian Gutekunst, excuse me, got yeah. asked, uh, I see the old Carolina Chancellor, he got asked during the season, do you know if Jordan Love is your franchise quarterback? And he's like, I don't know yet. This is like November 1st. This is like late in the season. And and then now we're like, well, the Packers did it again. So, sure. I, okay. Yeah. We're ready to bench. We go from Jordan Love being benched to, oh, my God, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer in five years. Right. And, like, you're, you're not wrong. The Packers could have easily been in the Super Bowl. All right, uh, we're going to do MVP right now. That's the most valuable player breach for the pick 60s. I'm going to start, and then Brent is going to follow, and then we'll let Breach hopefully agree with uh, the consensus. Just me carnacking it up here. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. We've talked about it for months now. MVP in 2019. He's a better player this season than he was during that MVP campaign, that new Todd Munkin offense. It all came together. Unfortunately, <laughs> if we're including the playoffs, which is what the pick six is all about, I'm blaming Todd Munkin for running the ball only three times with Gus Edwards and putting too much on Lamar's plate and getting overwhelmed. Brinson. I'm going with Lamar, too. You know, I, I think – I mean, I'm trying to think, like, what – what in the playoffs would cause me to change my mind? Because I don't think Patrick Mahomes had that great of a regular season. Like, I don't think his two performances in the playoffs are enough to justify putting him above Lamar. And if we are, you know, we are counting the playoffs, Lamar's, you know, Lamar had one bad playoff game. But he had one good playoff game. Six bad quarters. He had, he had six bad quarters, but he had two good quarters. And he didn't have to play the first weekend of the playoffs because he was so freaking good in the regular season. Lamar Jackson. 
Well, obviously, Brinson is staring at me because he knows I am about to vote against him. Uh, Wilson over here saying that he's going to blame Todd Monken for putting too much on Lapar Lamar's plate. That's literally the definition of the MVP. You, if you want a lot on your plate so you can will your team to the win, Lamar Jackson could not do it in the AFC title game. He got shut down on the big stage. And, Brinson, you said Patrick Mahomes had two big games, but the Chiefs won three. He played well enough in the first half against the Ravens' defense that that was all they needed because the Chiefs' defense played so well. Uh, played really well in the fourth coldest game in NFL history in the wild card round. Outdueled Josh Allen. The postseason pushed me over the edge. If this was just regular season, I agree with you guys. Okay. Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, I'm taking Patrick. I think, I think it would be a really, really interesting debate if they included the playoffs right now with the award. Because I think a lot of people, like I wish we had old Petey Prisco up here to ask him what he would do if he, if he would change his vote from Lamar to Patrick Mahomes if we included the playoffs. All right, that's it for the pick sixties. Gonna take a quick break when we come back. More Super Bowl coverage, maybe a little Hall of Fame conversation right after this from the Bellagio. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast here live from Las Vegas, beautiful Allegiant Stadium. Breach, that's where the Raiders played during the regular season. On Sunday, Super Bowl 58, 49ers versus the Chiefs. That's going to be a good game. Stream all the wall coverage with our CBS Sports HQ team of hosts, insider and analysts as they tackle the biggest storylines, interview the game's brightest stars, and keep you up to date with the latest betting odds and much more leading up to the best Sunday of the year. All right, boys. We're going to talk a little Hall of Fame debate because in addition to being Super Bowl week and weekend coming up, the Hall of Fame also happens this time of year. And this feels like a layup in terms of we're going to start with some locks. And we don't have to dwell on this because we have some names to get to here. Can I but, say something uh, real quick? Oh, boy. I hope that by the time people listen to this podcast, this will be audio podcast, right? I think so. He's going to stump for someone. I can feel it. That Tory Holt is in the daggum Hall of Fame. Come on now. Voters, do it right. Come on, y'all. All right. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Is there any reason to believe on God's green earth that this isn't going to happen? I think the better question with Mahomes and Kelsey is if – would they be in right now win or lose on Sunday? Yes. Yes. If they both announce their retirement on Monday. They, they lose They lose by 40 points to the 49. 49 they could, they, they lose by 49 their, points. They could announce their retirement during the coin toss Sunday before <laughs> the game starts, and they will go into the Hall of Fame in five years. Maybe Mahomes, you might skip the five-year wait. Right. All right. They're in. I mean, there's no debate. Yeah, that's um, let's not be crazy here. This is a little crazy. And, Breach, I'm going to come to you first because fullback isn't special teams, but it feels like the special teams are the offense in terms of being a specialty position. Kyle Juszczyk has sort of revitalized that in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Any chance he has the most Pro Bowls ever for any fullback slash H-back slash wherever they line him up. Any chance Kyle Juszczyk gets in? Well, he is an absolute unique weapon. I love that Kyle Shanahan keeps the fullback alive. That position could have gone extinct if not for Kyle Shanahan uh, and the fact that his offense still uses it. Now he has so many branches of his coaching tree uh, with a couple other people using it. But I would say probably not. It's just I think it's a tough 
yeah. you're not having a big enough impact on the game, even though he is the best fullback in the game right now. I'm not sure that's going to get Van Brinson. Yeah, I mean, he has made the Pro Bowl every year since 2016 when Kyle Shanahan took over in 2017 in uh, San Francisco. He immediately went out and signed him to a huge contract. I, th I think he would need to... Like win a Super Bowl? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. It's tough. It's <laughs> You're tough. Trying to talk yourself into it. I'm like, trying to talk myself into it. Super Bowl MVP on Sunday. You do check. Is he? The, no. Is he he hey, hey. If, if he cashes his first touchdown bet on Sunday, then he's in. If my, he my scores, Hall of Fame. if he scores five touchdowns and throws three touchdown uh, passes, then yes. His wife might go in the Fashion it, Hall of Fame. All I right, know. here we go. These are guys that are on the right track. And uh, the track is pretty good. So here's the thing. We're going to do yes or no, thumbs up, thumbs down. We're going to go through the list, and we'll circle back and hit on some of these guys. Uh, Brentson, we'll start with you. Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Maybe. If he keeps it up. If he okay. keeps it up. All right. Uh, George Kittle. Well, oh, no, no. Oh. We're going to go through. We'll come okay. back. George okay. Kittle. Uh, yes. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. If he keeps it up. Chris Jones. Yes. I mean, geez, what are we doing? Yes. Okay, there we go. I'm off the maybe list. Nick Bosa. No. Wow. He's got the Defensive Player of the Year award, so you get one or two more of those, I think he has a good shot. So I'll say maybe, but <laughs> we can guess. grab a couple more of those things off the shelf? Fred Warner. No, but Jeez. I will change my opinion if Patrick Willis gets in tonight. Oh, here we go. Ooh. All right, one more Debo Samuel, then we'll circle back. No. No. I'm sorry, what did you say on Fred? Uh, yes. Okay. All right, so let's start at the top here with Christian McCaffrey. You you had some rebuttal points, friends. Well, all right, so Christian McCaffrey, drafted in 2017 with a first-round pick. Um, the Panthers took him over Patrick Mahomes. Whoops. Uh, just like the Bengals took uh, uh, John Ross over Patrick Mahomes. Whoops. Uh, it's all right. The, he has been a top-ten finalist for uh, Offensive Player of the Year three times. He has somehow only been an All-Pro three times and somehow only made the Pro Bowl four times. I think that the trade, when Ron Rivera got fired in Carolina, he was desperate to save his job. He wore Christian McCaffrey into the ground. It caused McCaffrey to get hurt. It changed the way we perceived Christian McCaffrey. And now with Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan has described him as the perfect football player. That's how, how highly he thinks of Christian McCaffrey. And you look at these numbers and what he produced. He led the league in rushing yards. He led the league in touches. He led the league in yards from scrimmage. He led the league in total touchdowns. 25. More than Jerry Rice ever had in a season. He's going to keep doing this for Kyle Shanahan for several years, and I think he gets in the Hall of Fame as a result. And I think that right there is the key. If he does it for several more years and he keeps putting up this kind of production, absolutely he's going to get in. But the thing is, if you're a running back, you got to stay healthy. It is very hard right. because you are getting hit all the time. And the crazy part about him maybe getting in is that you look at the past 10 years, and it's really hard seeing many running backs get in anymore because that's the, right. the, the, just that the NFL has evolved into a passing league. And it was like, well, maybe Derrick Henry has a chance. But now Christian McHenry, Christian ha! McCaffrey, <laughs> I mix up my Derrick Henry and uh, yeah. Christian McCaffrey's, he, he has evolved into what the running back has to become, a guy who can run the ball and catch passes out the backfield. So absolutely, I think he can get in. And, and I would add, too, that I think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, who are going to be in San Francisco for a while, right? They're not, they're not going anywhere. I 
I think that they understand the importance of looking at metrics and looking at advanced analytics and knowing how many touches to give McCaffrey on a given season to prevent him from getting seriously injured like Ron Rivera allowed to happen in 2017. All right, Bridge, you said maybe for George Kittle. So let's go to George Kittle. Give me your uh, explanation for why he has not yet got the breach seal of approval. Well, the thing is, I feel like he's been overshadowed because usually you want to look at someone who's been the best at their position for their career, and unfortunately, he's had to deal with Rob Gronkowski. He's had to deal with Travis Kelsey. So he hasn't been at the top of that conversation, but he's always been the second or third best tight end, it seems, every single year he's been playing. He's four-time All-Pro. Uh, so I think that if he keeps playing like this, he absolutely has a chance. I would lean yes at this point he's going to get in. All right. And I think there's the element of Brock Purdy in play here, too. Purdy has really focused in on George Kittle when he's been the quarterback of the 49ers. And I think Kittle is so critical to what Kyle Shanahan's offense does because of his blocking ability and his yards after the catch when he actually gets the ball in his hands. I think we're going to see Kittle play four or five more years, put up all pro-type numbers, pro Bowl type numbers, and eventually get in. I'm not going to get – you're not going to get any pushback from me. I think George Kittle, to Breach's point, has been overshadowed. Um, but he excels in that offense. And he, again, that offense could end up having four – three or four Hall of Famers by, it's all, by the time it's all said and done. And, and speaking of which, let's, let's keep the conversation going with that offense. Let's go to Debo Samuel. And my only concern with Debo is staying healthy. Now, he's been pretty healthy throughout his career thus far, but it feels like that sort of wear and tear is running back wear and tear. And we've seen him get little nickels here and there, and it's kept him out of, the, out of games. Um, but when he's healthy, we talk about it all the time, he's, he's the best player outside of the quarterback, if we're talking to everybody, Pete, about it. So, uh, Brinson, Debo Samuel. Uh, no, I, I love Debo Samuel. Um, Debo Samuel, I said coming out, coming into the draft in 2019, that I kept stumping for the Patriots to take him. I thought he'd be a perfect player with Tom Brady in that offense. Obviously, that didn't all work out, but uh, Belichick decided to pass on him. Is paying the price for it. Debo Samuel is such a he's a unicorn at the wide receiver position. He's incredible to watch, but he has just one season over a thousand receiving yards. Uh, just one season as an All Pro and a Pro Bowler. And I think you have to start to look at this too from a roster construction perspective in the Hall of Fame. I mentioned Torrey Holt, the the greatest show on turf Rams teams. If Holt gets in, I believe he'll be the fifth because you have Orlando Pace, Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, and then it would be Torrey Holt. That's a ton. Like, you have to win a Super Bowl, get back to another Super Bowl, and really change the way that offense is run in the NFL. And that's what the greatest show on turf did. I don't know that we can get up to, like, I mean, how many are we going to have on this on this Niners team, I guess is what I'm right. asking. Because Trent Williams, I, I think, probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and I think one thing you just mentioned with Debo about his only one season over 1,000 yards is that he's such a dynamic player that almost hurts him because he's going to finish with some rushing yards. He's going to finish with receiving yards. But he's not going to put up yard, the same amount of yardage that Tyree Kill might because right. the, the 49ers have so many weapons. So at the end of his career, we're going to say, all right, he was so dynamic, but he's not going to have the numbers that a Tyree Kill has. Or he's not going to have the rushing yards that the top-tier running backs have. So it's going to be hard to really compare him to anything. And I just think because of that, that's going to hurt his case. The, the, the closest end. thing you compare to is like Christian McCaffrey. Right. Right. And, 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 and McCaffrey's numbers are going to be. McCaffrey's numbers are going to be way higher. Because if you look at Debo's numbers in totality, he's over. He's usually over close to 1,000 yards to, from scrimmage, right? I mean, uh, 1,117 this year, 1,772 years ago, 864 last year. But the, it's, just, it's just asking too much out of this offense to have that many. All right, that's it for the Hall of Fame debate. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to do a little segment we like to call Answering the Bell right here from the fountains at the Bellagio, Super Bowl 58, right after this. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast here at the Pounds from the Bellagio. That's Las Vegas Breach. What do you think? I think uh, I might jump in the fountains. We're all done. Nah, is that, dude, is that it legal? Got, it got cold quick out here. <laughs> yeah, don't jump in the fountains. That's a substantial fine I've been told. So stay out of the fountains. Enjoy the beautiful scenic <laughs> of Las Vegas. But that brings us to answering the bell presented by Ring as we dive into the Pick 6 Awards. So what does that mean? Brinson, you had the first category of teams and players that answered the bell. You, uh, I tried to spoil it earlier in the show. Sure did. Let's get to some revenge game topics as I sort of spoil it for you there. So uh, producer Debo and I, as we do before every podcast for all 2,200 episodes that he produced. That's actually, is it, I think it's 2,200 episodes. Jeez. Debo did the math and it, like, it technically he listened to me talk for what is what amounts to a full Debo get executive year. How does that work? Um, so so, what's that? No, he gets hazard pay. Uh, so, Debo and I were talking about this on the phone as we were pre-pro in our pre-pro meeting. Revenge game. The revenge game of the year. Now, we're including the playoffs. So, yes, we could say that Jared Goff getting his revenge against Matthew Stafford could be the number one revenge game. That would be my honorable mention, though. And I think we got to go to the regular season. And... I get a little revenge on Debo, who left the pod because he was so successful. We got a, he got a promotion by naming the Eagles the loser of the revenge game, courtesy of another Debo, Debo Samuel, who made it a point to let everybody know the 49ers wanted revenge against the Eagles, and they went out and got it with a butt kicking in Philadelphia. And Lane Johnson breached. What did he even say on Radio Row about this? That the 49ers broke the Eagles. They broke the Eagles. They ruined the Eagles' season. The Eagles were trending towards a possible return to the Super Bowl, and the 49ers, who are in the Super Bowl, broke the Eagles. Debo destroys Debo. Revenge game of the year. Debo on Debo. And that was, of course, revenge game for last year's NFC Championship. Of course, yes, yes, yes. All right, Breach, you are a special teams correspondent here at the Pick 6 Podcast, so it is no surprise that your award section here is special teams oriented. What are you doing? Uh, This is most outstanding performance by a kicker, which is what everybody was dying to find out who was going to win this award. <laughs> we have the moment is here. Four nominees. Number one, Jake Elliott, 59-yard field goal in the rain uh, to send the game against the Bills into overtime, a game that the Eagles eventually won. Number two, Brandon Aubrey, going perfect for almost the entire season until he missed two kicks in one game. Uh, Jason Sanders, Dolphins kicker, five field goals against the Cowboys, including including a game winner. And number four, our boy, Dare Aguabolale. I knew I was going to mess that up. Yep, there you go. Um, kicks a field goal. He's a running back. He kicked a field goal for that the Texans. Awesome. That was one of the coolest moments of the year. Wilson, uh, the winner here, Brandon Aubrey. For a guy to come in, be a first-year kicker, really a rookie, but I don't think the NFL classifies him as one because he had some pro experience before. MLS played soccer in college, and he shows up to Cowboys camp, dominates the game, sets the NFL record for longest 
field goal ever in a first quarter when he hit a 60-yarder. I mean, his year was nuts. One of the best kicking seasons in NFL history by anyone, let alone a first-year kicker. So, uh, Brandon Aubrey, you get the pick sixty. Well done. All right, I'm going to go with what we have titled the best full-name performance by a quarterback, and that came about because when Geno Smith had his breakout season in 2022, I looked up his name, and it happened to be Eugene Cyril Smith III, and we sort of <laughs> ran with that. Ironically, Eugene Cyril Smith III is not on the, the list here, but that's okay. He is uh, the, the award named after him, so we'll go with that. Let's start with Andrew Stephen Locke, who took over for Eugene Cyril Smith III and powered that Seahawks win against Debo's hapless Eagles. Uh, that was the thing that actually happened in real life. Coleridge Bernard Stroud the fourth. We've talked about C.J. Stroud, of course. He arrives throwing for 470 yards, five touchdowns against Tampa Bay in a shootout. And the funny thing about C.J.'s full name is we were talking to Will Anderson on the Draft Podcast back in the fall, and he's like, Coleridge? I had no idea that was his name. Uh, he looks like a Coleridge. Look, he's running a law firm. And finally, Breach, you had uh, trouble with, with Dari's name. I have to say Tua's full name here. <laughs> Tua Nigga Manaolepola. Not even close. Donnie is his middle name, which is awesome. <laughs> Talking about Loa. So Tua went off, dropping 70 uh, that day against uh, the Broncos in, in a, a hapless effort by that Denver team. They bounced back later. And of course, Lamar. Demetrius Jackson Jr. throws for five touchdowns against that Dolphins team later in the season for first place in the AFC. But, boys, I'm going with one of the best players in the NFL, a top-five quarterback already, Coles Bernard Stroud IV. Speaking of that 70-point game, by the way, do you know what Russell Wilson's full name is? No, I Russell don't. Russell Stover Wilson? Russell Carrington Wilson. Oh, okay. He looks like a Carrington. He looks like a Carrington. See that? Co acts Carrington like, and Coleridge. Acts, acts like out. a Carrington, too. Well, we'll see. Uh, there were some conversations that he'll be back in Denver, and that team will potentially be better. So we'll see. All right, that's it for the awards here. Uh, Revenge game, kickers, of course, and the Eugene Cyril Smith Award. Shout out to Gino. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and we come back here. We're going to do a little pick six recap of the silly and stupid things we were talking about earlier in the season and whether those things came true <laughs> or, or probably not coming true. But we'll talk about that right after this from Las Vegas. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast, coming to you live from Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58 between the 49ers and the Chiefs. Look at Allegiant Stadium there. And right there, that's Bellagio. You look closely there, you see Terry Benedict shaking his fist at old Danny Ocean. <laughs> We're back here. <laughs> ridiculous. Pick 6 Podcast, Will Brinson, Johnny Breach. John Breach stole You're that jacket from, from Terry Benedict. at his jacket. Yeah, that is... That's something here. All right, I've already been cussed at twice yeah. just while we've been. Not cursed at. You've been cussed at. That's cussed, how, that's how cussed. uncomfortable that jacket has been. <laughs> All right, we're going to go through some of the storylines. And let's be honest, we've had some pretty nuts-so nuts storylines over the course of the Pick 6 podcast history, certainly this season. Brent's going to come to you first. This is not even nuts. It's just terrible luck. Uh, four plays into his season. That was a wrap. Of course, I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers will make the Jets great. How'd that work out? Well, I mean <laughs> – it's a pretty I, easy answer. I don't know what you're – Not well. <laughs> there, not great, Bob. I mean, that, you know, look, this is a team that was the the offseason. The entire offseason was about Aaron Rodgers and about the Jets and about how he was going to make the Jets great again or make the Jets great for the first time. In a long and time. four snaps yeah. in, he tears his Achilles. On a, I mean, who, who could have thought a 40-year-old quarterback on a wet and rainy field – Oh, they have they have footage. <laughs> yeah, um, I, it's a disaster. 
stinks. I wanted to see Rodgers and, and get a full season out of him. Hopefully, we get that in 2024. Rich, let me ask you. Obviously, he didn't come back, but do you feel better about the Jets in 2024? No. <laughs> Not at all. Look, he's older. He's coming off an Achilles injury. I actually feel worse about the wow. Jets. You have no idea what you have in Aaron Rodgers. He's missed an entire year. And I do think it's crazy that we literally spent four straight months talking yeah. about the Jets nonstop every day on every single podcast. And as Brinson said, four snaps in, I was like, okay, well, we have 24 hours more of Aaron, and then we're just going to forget him. And, and it's also worth noting that, remember, this game was on, took place on September 11th. It was in New York. It was the first Monday Night Football game of the season. And when this happened, and he, go, he, he got hit, hit, it was like, uh-oh, this offensive line is kind of a problem. And he goes down. And then with the slow-mo, remember, it was like he came, he like jogged off. He, he kind of like, right. like watching it in real time. And it didn't be like, oh, my God, is this actually happening? And then we see the slow-mos, and there's like the ripple up his calf. I mean, it, it's this has happened so long ago. And yet it's still like surreal that it actually went down. Things went so sideways in, in such a hurry. By the end of the season, Garrett Wilson said this cannot continue in terms of the way the Jets were going. Uh, Breach, I'll come to you because this feels like a, a Johnny Breach fun story. Tommy Cutlets, Danny DeVito. Uh, Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> I literally said Tommy Cutlets and went right to Danny DeVito. Tommy DeVito ended up being the best quarterback for a stretch in New York with the way he played for the Giants. Uh, his agent got some run. That was a fun his story. His agent was on Radio Row doing interviews. Good for him. Make it happen. Uh, that feels like a feel-good story that you probably got millions of page views off of. Well, you know what I love about Tommy DeVito is that the Giants had high expectations. They ended up being terrible. They're unwatchable for most of the season. But then old Tommy DeVito comes out with the greatest touchdown celebration of all time. It's so simple. Anyone can do it. And during that run, I saw people at the grocery store wearing Giant shirts. You do that? They're all about it. They do it right back to you. It was In fantastic. National? Yeah. I mean, there's NFL fans everywhere. It's not okay. like a bunch of Giants fans. There's three or four over that one month. But yeah, you just do that and they do it back and everybody thought it was hilarious. So I thought the Tommy DeVito run was fun. There's only like one person somehow Sean Stiletto his agent is only being outdressed by one guy in terms of tackiness in this entire city. Uh, let's not name names. But he's sitting in between us. But he's, he's sitting right here. <laughs> I'm having dinner with him tonight. We're going to wear our, our coats together. That would be Heinous. <laughs> All right, Brent, I'll come back to you because uh, this was uh, your comeback player of the year, if I recall correctly, in the previous segment here. But we were all on this boat. January, Joe Flacco leads the Browns to the Super Bowl. I said early on, like, they're going to win a playoff game. Didn't happen. But I thought Joe Flacco was not even obviously. I mean, it couldn't have been more obvious. The turning point for the Browns season. I, I think the Joe Flacco thing, the Aaron Rodgers thing, the Tommy Cutlets thing, like, how can people believe that the NFL is scripted? Like, the, look at the stories that are happening just, like, just naturally. Joe Flacco, the ageless wonder that is the elite quarterback Joe Flacco, comes back and leads the Browns to the playoffs as their fifth starting quarterback. Tommy, some dude named Tommy Cutlets is out there winning games for the Giants. My cab driver yesterday asked me if the NFL was scripted. He also asked me if <laughs> Taylor Swift was a... Oh my Sign off for a political candidate. Britson, you're not allowed to ride in cabs in Vegas anymore. I'm just saying, people actually think the NFL is scripted. How can you think that when these storylines that happen in real life are just that insane? Well, I mean, if it is scripted, you would certainly be able to write it after like a 72-hour bender in Vegas with all the crazy yeah. storylines that have happened. But you know what? The thing about Joe Flacco, and we talked about how you feel about the Jets next season with Aaron Rodgers, the Browns are more interesting because if 
Deshaun Watson, obviously, is their starting quarterback. But if he comes out of the gate and struggles those first four weeks of the season, you're going to have fans wearing their Joe Flacco jerseys. And uh, Brinson, you're Mr. Joe Flacco. You love Joe Flacco. Dude, I Do you want to see him starting next season? I think you can reasonably make the case that Deshaun Watson, because of how he likes to play outside of structure, is not a go- as good a fit for Kevin Stefanski's offense as Joe Flacco is because he's willing to stay inside the structure and play with that good defense and play elite like an elite quarterback. Joe Flacco, 2024. Flacco, Browns, 2024. You know what? I think we're out of time. I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. Right, producer Matt? Like, we're done. We're done for pick six for the week. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. Is this is a prank? Oh, Matt. I was ready to go have a drip. All right, we got one more segment. Producer Matt saved us. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I was ready to go up there and check out Terry Benedict, so i got to wait on that breach. All right, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and we have one more segment. We're going to take a look ahead, some early Super Bowl odds, because that's what Brinson does, and we're going to talk about that right after the break. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast here at the Fountains at the Bellagio, Las Vegas, Nevada. That's the proper way to say it, Breach. Super Bowl 58, 49ers Chiefs. All right, let's get to it. Going to run through these pretty quickly so we get our Super Bowl picks in. Uh, Brinson, early 2024 MVP before we get to our Super Bowl picks. I think that this guy deserved at least one MVP, MVP vote in 2023. I think he could have been considered a comeback player of the year as well. And I think he's going to win the MVP next season when the Los Angeles Rams and their offense, second year of Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup at full health, everybody rolling, Kyron Williams, a stud, Matthew Stafford, your 2024 NFL MVP. All right, I like it. What do you got, Breach? Well, that's funny because I am <laughs> going to pick the guy that Matthew Stafford beat in Super Bowl 56 as my 2024 MVP. Shock me, shock me, shock and me. that is the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. Uh, Look, Joe Burrow came off his ACL injury a few years ago. What happened? The Bengals went to the Super Bowl. Coming off the wrist injury this year, I think this is going to be a guy who is going to be out for blood, and he's going to get the Bengals back to the Super Bowl. I'm going to go with the player who just had his high school renamed after him. Or maybe they'd rename the street in front of the high school. One of the others not important. Brock Purdy, Chandler, Arizona. I'm going with Brock Purdy next year. I think he's going to have a good Super Bowl. I won't tell you if they'll win. We'll talk about that in a second. But I think he's going to parlay that into another great season. By the way, did you see that TikTok that went viral where the guy like absolutely obliterates Burrow and calls him just mid? It's pretty good. Did I Was see it or did everybody send it to me? Oh. Yeah. I've seen it 412 <laughs> times. All right, let's let's do a longest shot but has a chance to, to be in the Super Bowl conversation next year. If you want to pick a winner, we'll do that quickly. Uh, a team? Yeah. Los Angeles Rams. That was that's not that I mean that they have the shortest odds on the Will Brunson list. So I think they're like twenty five or thirty to one. I mean that's a pretty good thirty to pretty, one. Thirty to one. That's a pretty good number. I mean look, they have a tough road. They've got to play, of course, the 49ers twice. They have they're in that division. It's gonna be tough to beat them. 49ers got really lucky, I think, with the injury injury luck and, and everything this year. You can see maybe they get a little banged up, maybe a little hangover, win or lose. The Rams have great coaching. They have done a fantastic job developing talent around Matthew Stafford, and they have an elite quarterback who will one day be in the Hall of Fame. Breach. 
I am not going to go with the LA Rams, even though I actually like that pick a lot. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. That's a good one. Ryan, a good one. look, we saw what they did this season. The, the, the 49ers are absolutely the team to beat in the NFC, and the Packers proved they can go toe-to-toe with them. They have a very smart coach. Uh, Jordan Love plays very much within Matt LaFleur's system, unlike the quarterback before that, who would always go off script. And you could see it on almost every play that LaFleur would just be so frustrated and think, I can't do anything because he's a four-time MVP and he's going to do what he wants. That was there in Rodgers' era. The Jordan Love era is a full go now, and I think that they might be able to get to the Super Bowl. With, uh, I'm going to keep months. it short and sweet. Houston Texans build on what they did this Ooh. year. All right, let's do Super Bowl picks. Brinson, we'll run through these. What do you got? I got uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, look, everybody's on the Chiefs. A little concerning. The line keeps, like, moving towards the Niners. I think the Niners can win. No doubt about it. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. What did I say the weeks leading up to the playoffs, Wilson? They might just flip the switch and be great on offense again, and they've done that. Mahomes has been fantastic in the postseason. That's why I breached into his MVP. 24-21, Kansas City. And I very much cannot pick against the guy I just named MVP. Uh, no. My concern with the 49ers is their defenses just look so bad in the playoffs. They really struggle for three quarters against the Packers. Then you look at what happened against the Detroit Lions. Horrible in the first half. You can't play like that against Patrick Mahomes. So if something like that happens and the Chiefs jump out to an early lead, it's over. I think that is going to happen. I think the Chiefs win by double digits, 31 to 20, just exactly the same score as Super Bowl 54. Brenton talks about flipping the switch. I almost feel like Sean Merriman should be their their mascot with us. Remember his flip the switch celebration? Yeah. That would be awesome. I'm going Chiefs too. It's not hard, guys. Don't make it complicated. But guess what? We're done. Our Super Bowl coverage here. The Pick 6 Podcast, Super Bowl 58, is in the books. But I would encourage you, Breach, and everyone else watching, come back tomorrow for CBS Sports HQ Spotlight because somebody on the set is getting slimed. So come back for that. Thanks for joining us. If you're checking us out for the first time on CBS Sports HQ, we're a year-round NFL podcast that delivers the goods from recaps to the best, best, to power rankings, to mercy podcast, and sliming. Pick 6 NFL has you covered on YouTube. Just search us, NFL on CBS, or on your desired podcast platform. Thank you. Thank you.